0: Good morning, everyone. It is Tuesday, the 30th of August. Welcome back to another morning meeting. Marcus, how are the local markets? Have they recovered from yesterday?
1: Uh, Well, we are holding in there, Chi-Chi. I'll do strategy a little bit later, but obviously Wall Street was down 184, and when we went home last night, the futures were down over 200, so it hasn't been as bad as expected. Futures were up 18 this morning, and the market has been up 30, I think over 30, currently about up 20 or so. The NASDAQ taking it in the neck a bit more than the rest of the U.S. stocks, so tech still on the nose, down 1.02%. That was the Nasdaq. And we had a rise in bond yields overnight. And interestingly, the chances of a U.S. 75 basis point interest rate rise on September the 21st rose from 61% to 72%. And the 10-year bond yield was up about eight basis points. But the two-year bond yield was up more than that. So the yield curve has inverted even more overnight, which suggests there is more chance of recession in the US. So worrying about the same old things, which is how fast, how soon and for how long will interest rates go up and stay up. The two-year bond deal, by the way, just hit a 15-year high. Not much joy overnight, but it is good that the U.S. market hasn't cratered and that it has held and our market doing the same thing. BHP and Rio were pretty much unchanged this morning in our market, despite being down a bit in the U.S. Iron ore price down 0.25 percent, coal down 3 percent. Most of the metal prices were down on the Shanghai Futures Exchange. The U.K. market was closed overnight, so no LME metal prices overnight. Fixed volatility index hit a seven week high overnight. The US dollar has hit a 20-year high post the Jackson Hole messaging, but the main feature overnight was the oil price up 4% on the prospect of an OPEC plus supply cut and conflict in Libya. Saudi is considering production cuts in anticipation of an Iran nuclear deal. Various other headlines around today, which I quite liked, which was no COVID cases in China. And there was also a rather interesting little headline in the Reuters feed this morning, which said China's steel sector turning corner as demand and margins improve. As I say, the iron ore price was up a touch yesterday, but there's a chart of the iron ore price in the strategy section today. It is sitting pretty much on long-term support, that is, support over the last eight years, and due a bounce, perhaps, if you were to believe the lines on a chart, technical analysis, which is all rather simple. But looking for a bounce in the iron ore price, maybe the Chinese vibe is going to improve. Geopolitical risk still around. I think Biden's talking about a 1.1%, $1 billion bill to send arms to Taiwan. And obviously, U.S. warships are cruising around Taiwan at the moment. On the diary, we got BHP ex-dividend on Thursday. We got the U.S. jobs number on Friday. We got a U.S. all-important CPI number on September the 12th, all happening before the 21st, the Fed meeting on the 21st. So we really should wait for those before taking off in one direction or another. And the RBA meeting is on Tuesday. And after the stronger-than-expected retail sales number yesterday. Seems the Australian consumer is far from dead after that rather strong number. There is talk of a 50 basis point rate rise from the RBA on Tuesday rather than 25 basis points. And we've got big dividends tomorrow. Farmers, Woolworth's Endeavour Treasury Wine Estates. Good results from Woodside today. Dividend has tripled, share price up a couple of percent. Otherwise, today is the last day of notable results. I think there are a couple more tomorrow, but we're at the end of the results season, which is rather good, unless you're a stockbroker, which means you've got to go, home and see your children
0: thank you very much for that Marcus and Leighton local markets what's going on
1: thank you Chi Chi so as
2: Marcus said the ASX 200 opened up around 35 points or half a percent since then we've come back to around 20 points up which is pretty much smack bang on the 18 point gain that the futures had expected this morning most sectors are in the green the energy sector is definitely the place to be though Woodside is up around 2% after they posted a net profit after tax for the first half of US 1.6 four billion versus $317 million last year. And they announced a $109 cent dividend. Uranium stocks are also flying. Paladin is up 9.7%.
1: I haven't seen anything this morning, though, Marcus. Have you seen any news I, on that? I have trawled Reuters. <laughs> Maybe I should trawl somewhere else. Hot Copper, perhaps. I've trawled the legitimate news sites and have not found anything on uranium other than the big cock-up in Europe. I think Uniper, which is the large German U-T, is reaching out to the German government for financial help. Uh, But the most recent thing, of course, was the Japanese saying that they would make a push for new energy plants, which includes nuclear. That lit the sector up last week, and then it fell over the next day. So I'm sure something will appear today. Don't know what it is at the moment.
2: Also, healthcare and consumer stocks are underperforming the market at the moment. We've got 29 metals down 7% following their results yesterday. Domino's is down 3.5% as it goes ex-dividend. And Flight Center has responded to media speculation around some MA activity, stating that the company has and continues to have various discussions with a number of parties regarding strategic opportunities. Oh, what's that share price done? Hasn't done much for the share price though, so it's only down about 0.4%. And I'll just run through some of the results reactions. I've got Dubba Corporation, that's D U B, up 10.5%, as they increase their subscribers by 38% year on year. Retire is up 6.5%, Best and Less up 6.9% and Omni Bridgeway up 8.8%. Down the bottom end, I've got Sandfire Resources, they're down 7.6%. They had no final dividend and Bubs is down 5% and that's
1: about all I've got from the local market today, thank you. That's odd, Bubs was up 4.3% yesterday, don't know what's going on there.
0: Thank you very much for that, Leighton. And as we draw to a close of another reporting season, what are the brokers saying, Leighton?
2: Thank you, Chi-Chi. So this morning, just looking at Fortescue Metals, so they're up around 2% this morning. Not a very upbeat response from the brokers on the back of that 40% decline in profit on last year they reported yesterday. Morgans and Credit Suisse both have hold recommendations. Macquarie and Morgan Stanley have underweight recommendations but the group does have an attractive dividend, which they announced yesterday of 121 cents, which is around a gross yield of around 9%. And that's going X on the 5th of September, so next Monday. And Marcus mentioned in the End of Day podcast yesterday that Twiggy Forest has bagged himself about $2.3 billion this year from dividends. And the average target price there is $15.85. And they're currently trading at $18.89. That's implying about a 16% downside. And
1: in fact, if you look, through all the recommendations on Fortescue Metals they're all Mm -hmm. neutral or sell or underperform but I would just point out to you it is almost irrelevant what brokers think of single commodity price driven stocks because you will find Fortescue is highly correlated to the iron ore price and it's all about what the iron ore price does tomorrow not what brokers think about (laughs) what the iron ore price did in the last set of results so it will follow the iron ore price so I completely ignore the brokers at this point in
0: time Thank you very much for that, Leighton and Marcus. And Marcus, you've done an update on Henry's small cap portfolio.
1: I certainly have. I was having a look yesterday and there were some rather large share price movements. So I have updated. This is also so Henry can read it from the UK. I know he's checking in all the time. (laughs) and seeing what is happening to his stocks. Yesterday was a great day for BBoz, which of course goes up when the market goes down. That was up 5.1%. He also rather nicely picked out Tyro, T-Y-R. We should have a look at the broker stuff if there is any. Up 11% on good results yesterday. And also a huge day for Galileo Mining, GAL, which is copper nickel. That was up 26% on a massive sulfide discovery at Callisto. And also I have not noted, Henry's got four gold stocks at the moment in the small cap portfolio. I know he took a bit of a bet on the gold price bottoming, but it hasn't turned out to be right. I'm wondering if he was here, he would be reversing this call. But with the US dollar hitting a 20-year high, I do worry for gold stocks. He's holding CHN, DCN, DEG, and St. Barbara Mines. Still, obviously, could turn out all right. If I go and sell them all for him, doubtless they'll be higher when he gets back. Uh, so, I leave you to make your own minds up, but gold trending down at the moment as the US dollar trends up. Also lithium stocks were just failing a little bit yesterday as the market turned down but looking okay again today. And just a bit of an update there on Henry's stuff. I will keep an eye on it each day and we will just make sure we don't miss anything too crucial going on.
0: Thank you very much for that Marcus and I'm sure Henry will be very impressed that you are looking after his portfolio. He
1: will, he will. He'll he'll be uh, redundant if he doesn't get back here soon. (laughs) Such a good job.
0: And as you are our ideas man. Can we
1: move over to your idea of the day too? Yes the ideas section today I haven't written it yet but as I say our two ideas at the moment are BHP and Oz Minerals not changing either of those. I don't think there's enough in this bounce. It's not really a bounce. There's enough momentum in this market for me to go looking for new things to buy. I would probably if I was Henry be looking at uranium stocks and trying to seek out what is going on today and whether this sector really is going to have a material bottom or not. I'm checking all charts at the moment. I'll write up the income portfolio tomorrow. But for the moment, ideas are benign today, just still holding BHP and Oz Minerals. Continue to hold Oz Minerals because I think there'll be another development. I am wondering whether to sell BHP ahead of it going ex dividend, because it usually tips over for a while afterwards. But looking at the resources sector this morning and the slightly better vibe on China, maybe I'll just hold on to it.
0: Thank you very much for that. Marcus, and let's move swiftly into your strategy
1: as well. A strategy piece is fairly easy today. As I say, the market is holding, but it's not really bouncing at this point. There is some cognitive bias going on when I pick up on a strategist who said, well, I want to hear. Cognitive bias, by the way, is when you're reading news, you only read or pick up on the things you want to hear, and you ignore the things you don't want to hear. So this is cognitive bias when I pick up on a strategist who said, Friday's sell-off was frankly overdone. I know... Powell said he was going to play tough with inflation, but it is honestly not that much different than what he has been saying for the last several weeks. And I sort of felt that as well, that the audience he had was central bankers, European central bankers who have got far bigger inflation problems than the US. And it was not a time for him to go soft on inflation. But It doesn't necessarily mean the US is going to go harder. Anyway, we are in the hands of the jobs numbers on Friday, which I don't think will be that important, but particularly the CPI number on September the 12th. We probably have to wait for that. The unfortunate thing about the markets at the moment, as you'll see in the strategy piece, the charts at the bottom, is that, yep, they are definitely trending down. We've had our peak, and although we may day-to-day survive after Friday's big sell-off, it is not a good-looking trend. The trend is not our friend, as one of our members puts on his email. The trend is your friend until it ends. Well, it ended (laughs) a couple of weeks ago. But I do note the resources sector is holding in there. The market may be coming down, but resources doing okay and that's probably about it in the strategy portfolio we are in 30% cash what we do hold at the moment which is the Nasdaq ETF the S&P 500 ETF and the resources sector ETF they're all up a little touch today this is supposed to be long-term stuff not trading so happy to hold in still got 30% to put into the market when it's looking a little bit better and always on alert for something more precipitous happening after Friday but not happening today
0: Thank you very much for that, Marcus.
1: And let me remind everybody, as you will see in the newsletter today, and I only put it in a bit late yesterday, but we do have a new team member who was in our podcast yesterday. Stuart McPhee will be writing for Marcus today, writing a technical section starting on September the 12th. Uh, It is fabulous. We have got him on board. He is going to teach us technical or teach you technical analysis as well as providing technical ideas. And that will be a fabulous addition to the Marcus today team starting September the
0: 12th. Fantastic news for the market today, members and team. And let's move to our question of the day. If you could relive your life again, what one thing would you change or redo? I'm going to quickly answer this. I think I would say yes more.
1: Oh, Chi Chi. (laughs) Um, In Mark, what department? I will leave that for case by
0: case, but I think being more of a yes person and taking chances and maybe being possibly a little bit more reckless as a youngster <laughs> I think that's a good idea. Then as you get older, you start to feel your heavy bones as I say. <laughs> <laughs> so. You're not old, for God's sake.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm uh, a little bit older and my bones aren't heavy yet. What, uh, <laughs> uh, have you seen the film About Time? No. Well worth having a watch. The yes. film film About Time, where So the one where you got the time? Yes, and, and you can. Clench your fists and go back in time. And it's the end scene, really, that makes it, which is the idea that you should live your day, and then he goes back, he goes in a cupboard, mm. clenches his fist and goes back to the beginning of the day and relives it again, knowing what's going to happen, and lives it completely differently, so it's far more fun. Mm. Uh, and so he relives every day in order to improve upon the day, and after a while he gets so good at it that he doesn't have to relive every day because he's making the most of every day. It's very clever. Okay, um, but a uh, it is an attitude of mind, mm. having, um, having a good time.
0: Mm. And Leighton, how about yourself?
1: In my short life so far,
2: I'm happy with where I am now and what I'm studying and everything. But I think if I could go back, I probably would have just tried harder at school. That's my one regret that I have, is not studying really hard at school. Mm. I don't
1: know, it wasn't. Yeah, It wasn't. Mm. I thought you were going to say, uh, I wouldn't have missed that goal in the grand final. <laughs> <laughs> no, unfortunately. have <laughs> <They> lost us. <laughs> haven't, haven't played in many grand finals. Oh, so okay. I haven't had the to to do that, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, tried harder at school. Yes, note that to all of you people at school.
0: And Marcus, how about yourself? Ah,
1: uh, Mine is obvious. I was groomed to be in the RAF. Dad was in the RAF. He was a fighter pilot. And I was groomed to be a fighter pilot. I went along to the University Air Squadron. If you get in the University Air Squadron, the RAF sponsor you through university, and then you come out being ready to be a pilot. And you're leap years ahead of other people who went in without doing that. And so I went for the interview for the University Air Squadron. My godfather was on the panel that interviewed me I was the perfect size for a cockpit my rating was very fit it wasn't just fit it was very fit I was just perfect to be a pilot I'd spent my life making airfix models and living on RAF bases I knew everything about the military and my dad told me after the main panel interviews excuse the language some squaddy will take you aside give you a cup of coffee and a cigarette and he will ask you do you want to be in the RAF and the answer is yes because they're not going to sponsor you through the university air squadron teach you to fly if you're not going to go in the RAF there's no Point of doing that. So fair enough, had the interview, it was all perfect. A sergeant took me aside, sat me down in a back room, gave me a cup of coffee and a cigarette, <laughs> and I was doing law at university, and he said to me, Do you want to be a lawyer in the REF? And I went, No. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I didn't realise that was it. just just say Just keep saying yes. You, say, you keep saying yes more. I, I should have said. I didn't finish my sentence because the sentence was no. I don't want to be a lawyer. I want to be a goddamn pilot. I spent my whole life coming up to be a pilot, and I said no. I don't want to be a lawyer. And that was that. I never got in. And at that age, you sort of, when you get rejected, you sort of stick two fingers up and go, well, bugger you. When in fact, if I had my time again, I should have realised that I should have gone into the RAF through a different route, maybe not University Air Squadron. I should have pushed that harder. Because that is, I mean, you don't have many regrets in life, but when you go backwards, and that's one fork in the road that I uh, went down the wrong way. I was always born to be an RAF pilot. Didn't do it. I will take that to my deathbed. I have thought about getting a private pilot's licence. You should totally do that. But every time I've been up in an aeroplane, I've been (laughs) sick as a dog. Oh, no. (laughs) 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 Maybe you wouldn't have had to cut that. (laughs) No, in fact, there was a TV series about... Being an RAF pilot, and I tell you, the people that succeeded was not people like me. (laughs) They were robotic. Not so much team players, but robotic, controllable people, not the RAF pilots of the Second World War who were colourful, arrogant, uh, brash. They, They they're not tolerated in a you know billion-dollar airplane <laughs> yeah. anymore. So Anyway, I probably wouldn't have made it. Right?
0: Well, I think in another universe, you are flying around with yeah. Tom Cruise somewhere. Yeah, they, they, oh, I
1: tell you, I, I really hate those. <laughs> you were made for that movie. I <laughs> hate those films because he is living my life.
0: <laughs> Bastard. Anyway. Well, that brings us to a close. Another day of happy investing, everyone, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Thank Famous. you. Thank you.